Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello, welcome back. It's Vikings Happy Hour. I am joined tonight by Ryan from Climbing the Pocket and a very special guest here with us, Will Raggetts from Sports Illustrated, the Vikings beat writer. Will, thank you for joining tonight. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Just uh, got back not that long ago from the uh, first day of training camp at, at TCO. So excited to talk about it and look ahead to the, the rest of the next three weeks a little. Yeah, absolutely. How was the heat? I know pre-game or pre-show you said it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was I, I, It was supposed to be like 95, 97 uh, with a really high heat index. So I was a little worried, but uh, it ended up being overcast, nice breeze. So it was it was a good atmosphere. The fans were back out there, and it was fun. I have to ask, how was this? Um, how was this different than last year? Because were you allowed at training camp last year? Yeah, we were allowed last year. Um, okay, but there were a lot of restrictions. I mean, there was you had to wear masks at all times, whether indoors or outdoors. We could only be in like certain areas, kind of far away from the action. Uh, okay. obviously no fans. And then we couldn't use the like media room that we have, uh, at all. We, they put us in like the press box of the, the TCO stadium there. Um, okay. so this year is just, it's just back to normal, um, fans out there. We can be kind of up close to the action, which is cool. Um, no masks yeah. outside if you're vaccinated, things like that. There's still protocols in place. Uh, but yeah, it's, it feels a lot more normal. That's awesome. It, it's good to see, the sideline clips today from some of the beat reporters like yourself. Uh, we'll get into that Kellen Mond clip later, but uh, toss it over to Ryan here for a second. How are you, buddy? Thanks for hopping on tonight. Doing well. Uh, enjoying a good old Pacifico tonight because I need a couple of them. We're uh, we're expecting new carpet, and uh, I'm. It's a lot of work to get ready for new carpet, apparently. So, absolutely. I uh, I I wouldn't got a. a I'm drinking a whiskey tonight, Elijah Craig. I don't know if you guys are whiskey drinkers. I know Ryan is. Will, I don't know if you're a whiskey drinker at all, but uh, Elijah Craig is, is pretty good. I like some whiskey. I'm, I got a uh, Bolo Seltzer here. from. Uh, Let's Bauer, go. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Delicious. Yeah, good stuff. Well, let's dive right in. Uh, you know, training camp is, is here, finally. I feel like it's... It's been so long since we've had like seen football. The, the last six months have just been a lull for a lot of people, I think. So it's here. Uh, we got to see some action today. Um, and I want to kind of touch on, Will, you kind of went through some articles over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, people, you can check that out. They're on Will's Twitter page. You can also head over to Sports Illustrated and find them as well. But you kind of broke down some training camp battles um, on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. And I think your latest one, with special teams. So we don't have to go into each detailed position that you had in there, but uh, give me some highlights of kind of, you know, what you're looking forward to watching, uh, you know, this training camp on, on either side of the ball. And then any kind of takeaways that you saw from, from today's practice. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it. It's, it's training camp is here. Football's back. We had the, uh, the mini camp and OTAs and stuff a, a few months ago, but this feels like, the real deal. And obviously then the preseason coming up and uh, it, it feels like we're really about to get back into the season. So yeah, a lot of things I'm looking for um, offensively. I mean, the, the big ones are the two uh, rookies on the offensive line, 
looking to earn their way up because Mike Zimmer will never never give those guys a starting job and, and they won't start with the the ones or anything like that. So they have to earn their way up. And unfortunately, Christian Derrissaw still dealing with a, a groin injury. So he wasn't practicing today. Uh, falling behind a little bit against Rashad Hill in that competition. So hopefully he can get out there pretty soon and, and have a chance to win that one. But then Wyatt Davis as well at right guard. Uh, Oli Udo, uh, kind of a big story today, was mixing in there at right guard, the former tackle that they drafted in the sixth round a couple years ago. Uh, and then the third receiver is a, always a big one on offense. D.D. Westbrook is another guy who was a little limited today. He, he tore his ACL about nine months ago. So uh, he, he's still coming back from that. We saw K.J. Osborne, Chad Beebe, Amir Smith-Marset, guys like that uh, working in there today. Um, that, so that's where I would start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, 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 I don't know, should I get into other stuff right now? Or do we want to talk more about that? Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, let's, let's kind of, let's dive into the Oli Udo thing. Um, yeah. cause I think the first time we kind of, cause did we correct me if I'm wrong last year when the, the whole Riley reef, what is he going to be cut before the season thing went down? Were they, the, the supposed offensive line was Oli Udo out there, right? Yeah, I think part of why they felt comfortable with potentially moving on from Reef yeah. was having Udo there uh, as the backup. Um, or I, it was it was Rashad Hill as well. Um, yep. But Udo, I think would have been would have been in the mix. So now fast forward a year, and we got Ole Udo out there with the ones. How did he look? I mean, I know it's it's only one practice, so we can't take everything uh, to heart. Yeah. Here, but. So he. So he was a tackle in college at Elon, a small school, um, played tackle as a rookie. Um, I obviously had to, had to kind of work his way up, but stuck around as a rookie six round pick, which, which is important. And then was a backup tackle last year, backing up Brian O'Neill. This year, they, they kind of gave him a shot. They experimented with putting him at guard back in the spring, um, back in, in OTAs and minicamp. And they must have liked what they saw there, um, the, the versatility that he's shown. Uh, so he got a chance to uh, to mix in there. There was a there was a quote I saw from Rick Spielman on KFan, I believe, saying that that Udo's earned the right to be in the mix at right guard with Wyatt Davis and and Mason Cole, who was the backup center today, and Dakota Dojo mixed in there as well. I know Vikings fans don't want to hear that, but uh, <laughs> he, he's 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 the veteran. Um, but Udo looked good today, from what I saw. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to to notice everything um, when you're and then in the live period, you kind of follow the ball a little bit, but he didn't like give up any blatant pressures that I saw when they were doing one-on-one drills. He looked good. Um, there was a rep against Sheldon Richardson that he held him off for a little bit, and then Sheldon eventually got by him. But I think it would probably would have been counted as a win for Udo. Um, so yeah, things like that. It'll be really interesting to see uh, how that right guard competition shakes out. I do still think that that Wyatt Davis is going to be the best guy there. Maybe he's not right now, but maybe by week, probably by week one, I think he will be because he he looked good to me today in the one-on-one reps. He obviously he was going against the twos and threes in terms of defensive tackles. He wasn't going against Dalvin Tomlinson and Sheldon Richardson, but he he was doing really well. He looked like a brick wall against some of the backup D tackles. Um, so yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, 
So here at Climb in the Pocket, we're really big on wide receiver three. You had mentioned that there were some guys mixing in there. D.D. Westbrook, uh, not quite full to hel- uh, you know, fully healthy. I, I think he, we all anticipate him becoming the eventual wide receiver three once he gets up and running. But some interesting nuggets there were, one, I hear K.J. Osborne started um, the with the ones uh, today. And then, two, I didn't hear you mention B.C. Johnson, who – Last that last year at this time was running as wide receiver too. So, you know, talk about that a little bit, and and, and why is BC falling behind, and uh, and you know, what do you expect out of KJ Osborne this year? Yeah, I don't know if BC's necessarily falling behind. I don't, I didn't see him um, take any reps with the ones today. I could be wrong. Uh, that's just from, from my observations. And uh, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer as well have, have talked about just the the depth and the competition at wide receiver they're they're really high on it and I know that a lot of those guys aren't household names across the league or anything like that but I, they they feel good about the depth they have especially now with D.D. Westbrook in there K.J. Osborne's an interesting one because he was definitely disappointing last year uh, I think some people had had high expectations for him even as a fifth round pick coming out last year he was never really able to crack the depth chart at all at receiver was disappointing as a returner, which is a, a whole other thing, but he couldn't even beat out like the Tajay Sharps of the world or anything last year. So not, I think that drastically lowered his expectations heading into this year. And, and people were thinking of him as a guy uh, who, who might not make the roster this year. Um, and that still might be the case. It's, it's very early, but it, it was interesting to me that yesterday uh, when we went out there, there was no practice, but Spielman and Zimmer held their first press conferences in a while. And they were both asked about the receiver position, and they both brought up KJ Osborne unprompted, so saying that he's had a good spring. Um, he worked out with Justin Jefferson a lot in Miami, which a good guy to to learn some things from about route running and and things like that. Um, and yeah, he, he looked pretty good to me today. He had a, a few reps where he was out there with Jefferson and Thielen with the ones, including towards the end of practice, they went down to like the three yard line and ran. Uh, one play to try to score a touchdown, and Osborne was the guy out there um, in a three-receiver set. Uh, ended up being an Irv Smith, like, one-handed catch towards the sideline. I'm not sure if he actually caught it or not, but um, it looked pretty cool right in front of the fans, too. <laughs> so, yeah, so KJ, it, it, guy to watch. I mean, I, I do think D.D. Westbrook, once he's recovered from the ACL injury um, – and he says he feels good, and obviously he was good enough to, to work out for the Vikings this past weekend before they signed him. But um, I think he'll be he'll be the guy there probably. But KJ is working himself into the mix for a roster spot for sure. And maybe this uh, this puts the end to uh, Chad Beebe here in Minnesota if KJ Osborne can finally step it up. It's possible. I think they would save a little bit of cap space um, if they moved on from Beebe. So they might still want to have that that veteran guys yeah. like a backup slot option who um bb is not an exciting guy but i mean he can he can get open a little bit over the middle of the field and he had a, him and him and bc johnson both had solid games last year against the panthers when when Thielen was on the covid list so um yeah they've got a little depth there and, and obviously i think i think the wide receiver three conversation gets a little bit more attention than it sometimes should among the Vikings internet sphere because like they just don't, they just don't use a third receiver that option. I mean, it's, it's important to have, and you can make the argument that they should use a third receiver more, but the reality is there's going to be a lot of plays where Tyler Conklin's out there or CJ Ham's out there and there's no third receiver. So 
Um, you want to have a guy in case if, if Jefferson or Thielen have to miss a game or two, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think they can work DD Westbrook in a, a good amount though, this year. On a guy we didn't well, talk about. I about a... Sorry, as I say, what I love about the wide receiver depth that we do have is at least our top three guys, assuming Westbrook is one of those top three guys, they're all interchangeable at any three spots on, on you know, uh, core receiver spots on, um, on offense. You know, they all can play the Z, the X, or the slot. And I love that versatility because you can't really necessarily plan every play for a specific guy to be in a specific position and we can move them around and, and, and shuttle them around. Um, and, and where BB, for example, you know, he is slot only. Right. So I, I think that they maybe are starting to value that versatility a little bit more, which is exciting to see. Yeah. That's what something you get from, from like B, uh, from, um, DD Westbrook or Amir Smith, Marset, uh, both guys who I think could can play in the slot, but can also go outside, um, can win against press, uh, and our, our speed guys that are going to be able to give you another element to, to take the top off the defense if you need to. So, um, yeah, what were you going to say, Matt? I was just going to say, did you see anything notable from Amir Smith's Marset today? Well, it's funny you should say that because I, I think a lot of people have probably seen the, uh, the clip of it uh, that I tweeted out and the Vikings also tweeted out. Um, but the play of the day was, was Kellen Mond launching a – like 40, 45 yard touchdown uh, past two guys and dropping it right in the bucket for, for Amir Smith Marset, which, which was a, a big thing to see um, because earlier um, I forget if it was an 11 on 11 or seven on seven rep, but uh, Mon threw a pick while, while targeting Smith Marset. Um, so it was good to see them bounce back and he put, he put a little more air under, under that one than he did the first one. Um, but yeah, I, t- I happen to be recording. I don't, I don't like record every every rep because sometimes I'm taking notes or walking around or um, just watching. But um, happened to be filming that one, and, and the, that's the, a good one to fan, have your phone on for. The, yeah, the fans were were eating that up and going crazy. Not only for uh, Smith Marset, but but I think more so for Kellen Mond and, and um, the throw that he made there. And, and we know that people are going to eat that stuff up with with him just being the the highest drafted quarterback that they've taken in, in seven years and potential Kirk Cousins successor if he uh, pans out and like they think he might be capable of. Absolutely. Well, before we switch over to the defensive side of the ball, is there anybody else on the offensive side of the ball that we should should talk about from today or just in general, if, if there's any takes you have for this upcoming training camp? No, I mean, I, I think just some of the – like stars don't even really need to be talked about that much. Like they didn't do anything spectacular today, but like you, you just notice a different level of ability when you're watching Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen yeah. or Dalvin cook. And there's only so much that a running back can really show in a, in padless practices. Cause it seems like every run they like go to the house and even if a guy <laughs> touches you, you can just, you can just keep running. You're not, they're not going to tackle you. Um, they're yeah. not allowed to do so. Um, but Irv Smith jr. Uh, made some plays as well. I mean, not, nothing um, to be concerned about with him. Uh, I, I think he's definitely in line for a, a pretty big year. Although I don't think his, I don't think his role is going to expand as much as some people might think. Just because Tyler Conklin is going to be in there a lot, and they already used the, the two tight end sets. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, I, those those guys, I mean, just, just did their thing. Kirk Cousins made some nice throws. I mean, uh, it's just day one, padless practices, but uh, you know what you're getting out of those guys. So that's why I've kind of focused more on um, the lower-end guys or the guys fighting for, for starting jobs, things like that. Um, yeah. Don't know if I have any other, I any hear- other big – Big takeaways. I from hear the that offense. that Ken. I hear that Ken A. I don't know how to say his last name. The Iowa State kid. I hear he yeah. like really did look really fast though. Is that yeah? Is it, can he, you confirm reports? He, he is speedy. Um, I, I remember dating back to uh, rookie minicamp. I think it was, or, or just maybe it was OTAs. Uh, but when he gets the ball and heads towards the edge, like you can tell that that ex- that acceleration he has. Um, I mean, he, obviously, if he gets in the open, he's got the, the straight line speed. But what impresses me is the acceleration, just going from zero to 60 and, and getting to the corner. Um, and we'll see how he does in, in preseason and things like that when it's, you actually have to maybe, like, run up the middle and then pick the right hole and make a cut. And But you use him on a pitch play or a screen or something and just get, it, get him the ball in open space. Uh, and I, I think he's going to be a good uh, Mike Boone replacement with, with the potential to uh, – push Madison a little bit, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, a lot of new faces over there. Um, you mentioned Sheldon Richardson early, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breland. Uh, I heard Xavier Woods did pretty well today. Um, so any anybody on that side of the ball, any battles you want to talk about or uh, anything you, you saw today? Yeah, I mean that just that whole defense is going to be really interesting with all the talent they brought in in free agency and bringing in guys like Richardson and Breland who don't even have clear starting spots yet have been starters in the NFL for most of their careers. Like that's that's how you know there's some serious depth here. So um, there are a couple guys who weren't really practicing much on that side. Uh, Michael Pierce has the calf injury right now. Um, so Sheldon Richardson kind of slides in for him, um, next to Dalvin Tomlinson, which is like, you're not, you're not missing much there. You're getting more of a pass rush presence, um, and maybe sacrificing a little against the run, but, um, and then Bashad Breland, uh, is still coming off. Uh, he had shoulder surgery earlier this off season. So he did some good things. He actually intercepted Jake Browning early on, made a nice play, had another uh, pass breakup in seven on sevens, but he wasn't doing much. Uh, like eleven on eleven live stuff, so it was it was Cam Dantzler out there, um, and that'll be the battle. I think uh, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that Patrick Peterson has a spot pretty locked up. Even if like you go by PFF, he was the worst out of that trio last year. Like when I'm talking about Peterson, Breland, and Dantzler, but yep. he's done it for ten years. He might be a future Hall of Famer. Uh, he's coming into a new scheme where the Vikings aren't going to ask him to like shadow guys and carry them across the field and things that are, are that hurt him a little bit, given that he's just lost a tiny step from not a tiny, he's lost a step from where he used to be. Um, but he's still such a smart player, a playmaker, great technique. So I think uh, in Zimmer's scheme, given the amount of, of money that they gave him in free agency, free agency, things like that, I think he has a spot. So it's, it's going to be between, Dantzler and Breland probably for that other outside spot. And they'll all mix in there. Um, and Mackenzie Alexander uh, in the, in the nickel, but yeah, Dantzler was out there uh, in the 11 on 11 periods because Breland was banged up, but that'll be a competition to watch. Um, what the defensive end 
uh, opposite Daniil Hunter is the other big one. Um, and I mean, if, if there was a position where the Vikings could still add somebody, that might be it. Um, Justin Houston's out there. I, I don't think there's any chance they trade for Chandler Jones, but another guy where Patrick he becomes Peterson available. Like and yeah, and, and Patrick Peterson <laughs> did say he would like that. And, and of course, fans will say, oh, trade for Chandler Jones. I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense uh, given his contract situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so that'll be interesting. Steven Weatherly um, and his his little rec spec goggles that he wears. Uh, he, he he's in there. DJ Wanham, and then the two rookies impressed me today, uh, particularly Janarius Robinson, the fourth round pick. Uh, going back going back to that Kellen Mond to Amir Smith Marset play. Robinson actually, you can kind of see him get there um, and pull up like a second before Mond throws it. So that might have been if you're if you were allowed to hit the quarterback, um, that might've been, that might've been a sack before the, the throw even got out, which some, a couple people pointed out. Um, and he had a couple other nice reps in one-on-ones. Um, he, he seems like a really high ceiling guy with his physical tools. So it'll be interesting to see all those guys battle. I think Patrick Jones, the third round pick is a little bit more NFL ready right now with his skill set and okay. the production that he had at, he had at Pitt. Um, so they may feel like they don't have any obligation or any need to go out and get another defensive end with with those four guys that I just listed. Um, so those are probably the main two I'm looking at. And then you start talking about depth roles and um, guys like Chaz Surratt and, and linebacker, the third linebacker and, and things like that. But I think defensive end and cornerback are the big two uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Did, yeah, uh, did you get a look at Cam from, Bynum at all today? That's exactly who I was going to ask about. You know, because, I don't you know, actually I look, think I... I looked at that pick. I looked at that pick yeah. and I'm like, you know, I wasn't quite sure. You know, you got a cornerback that you're going to convert to a safety. He's never really played safety before. Yet we're taking him to play safety. I just was excited to see reports on did he look in, you know, out of place? Did he look good? I mean, I love yeah. the kid's, you know you know, mentality and what he brings. So I just wanted, I was hoping that, you know, maybe see a little bit more reported on him today. Yeah. I, I, nothing's jumping out at me when I'm trying to remember, I don't, I don't think I saw him much. Um, so I'll keep my eye on him maybe tomorrow and going forward and see how he looks. Um, but yeah, he's, he's right in the mix there for the number three safety job um, with like the Josh Metellus's and, uh, Miles Dorn and, and, and Luther Kirk made a, he was the guy who picked off Kellen Mond, made a really nice play. Um, but yeah, Cam Bynum, they've raved about his intelligence uh, and how kind of easily he's been able to make that transition from playing corner at Cal to now being a safety. Um, so yeah, I'll try to keep an eye on him going forward and see how he looks back there. We got some comments uh, in the chat here. Uh, Pablo, welcome. Uh, from Mexico. He's giving you some congratulations there, Will. And then uh, our, our producer, David, he's thrown a, a chat or a question out there. I, well, more of a statement, but says Dantzler looks bigger. Can you confirm? I think that's true. I think that's true. We, I was actually talking to some of the other uh, beat writers about that a little bit today. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like crazy but i think you notice it a little bit he i mean he had the, the like bright green cleats and gloves out there which you notice but <laughs> yeah he looks like the needle looks like he's put on um a little bit of muscle which 
it's going to be big for him, just physicality in his game, but um, he really needs to stay healthy. Um, that was a little bit of an issue for him last year. And then that was an issue earlier this year. He wasn't able to practice much. So I think just getting stronger can only help that. Another thing that was, that was interesting that Mike Zimmer said yesterday was he thinks Dantzler needs to have a little more belief in himself. Those were, those were Zim's words. So um, maybe just he needs to play with a little more confidence, things like that. Maybe not second guessing. Um, But I mean, you saw in December last year, I believe it was, the Jaguars game and um, there's one other where he just played incredible football. Um, and, and so he, if he can kind of put together some more consistency this year uh, and, and stay healthy, I, I think he, he may well beat out Breland for that starting job. Hey, I'm all about having cornerback depth. So whoever wants to take the number two oh, job yeah, and could- having the other one behind it. <laughs> You can never have I'm, too many corners. They way. learned that last year when learned that last year when they were trotting out like Cordrea Tankers lead and Chris Jones and people like that. <laughs> so they, I don't think there'll be any of that this year. Another guy that um, was talked about earlier uh, back, back in the spring a lot was Harrison Hant. Um, I didn't yeah. really notice much from him today, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, uh, like I said, it's hard, it's hard to watch everybody, but he's another guy who I think, I think, I think you'd feel comfortable uh, if he ever had to get in the game and he's like your fifth corner. Um, so yeah, the depth is just, it's night and day from last year. And I think, uh, makes Mike Zimmer feel a lot better about where they're at. Yeah. As they should, as they should. Yeah. Uh, moving along, moving along here. Uh, just want to make sure we touch on special teams, even though it's maybe not as fun to talk about. Uh, we've been known to have woes. It is important. Yeah. We've, we learned that last year, right? Punting and kicking uh, is a really important thing. And uh, we got Greg Joseph here in the house. And mm-hmm. uh, why don't you – I mean, he was the only one out there today because I believe – was it Riley? Yeah, I, yeah. Riley Patterson, the uh, undrafted rookie from Memphis. Uh, yeah. He is on the active PUP list right now. He was just there off to the side riding a, a stationary bike. I wasn't sure who, who was on the bike at first. I was like, I think that's a player. And then I figured out that it was, <laughs> it was, it was the backup kicker. Um, but yeah, so it's just Joseph right now. I think he's got to be the favorite just with his NFL experience. Um, yeah. They could bring in another guy though. That I mentioned that in my special teams article. Um, there are a few options out there. I mean, not, nobody who hasn't struggled because otherwise they would have a job, but um they might want to bring in somebody else for competition, especially if Patterson's out for a little bit, which yeah. I don't know if he will be necessarily. Spielman said he thinks he should be back pretty soon, but yeah, there's, so then there's, there's, there's that, um, no, no competition at punter. They waived the, the other punter that they had, um, the 30 year old guy from LSU. So it's just Britton <laughs> Colquitt there. But the, the interesting ones for me are the returner jobs. Cause yep. and for a long time, that's been, a big thing that Vikings fans have just taken for granted. Like, okay, we've got Percy Harvin, Cordero Patterson, Marcus Sherrill's like, you've got guys who are a threat to go 20 yards or go to the house every time they get the ball. Um, and that's just not fumble the case. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Chad Beebe, but yeah, that just wasn't <laughs> the case at all last year. Um, the, the, the special teams were horrendous in every aspect, but they got nothing in the return game, whether it was Osborne, or Amir Abdullah or, or BB. 
those were the main three. So D.D. Westbrook was out there. Um, they were early on. They were doing some punt uh, coverage drills, and he was the one guy back there catching those. So as long as he's healthy, I fully expect him to be the number one punt returner. I don't think there's anyone who would really even challenge him for that job because he's done it at a high level, both at Oklahoma and then with the Jaguars. Um, he average he has like a 10 yard return average for his career and the Vikings average like four yards per punt return last year. Um, but yeah. then the kick returner one is interesting because Abdullah and Osborne could still factor into that if they have roster spots. But then you got the two rookies from, from colleges in Iowa, you got uh, Kenny, I believe it's Wangwu or Wangwu. Um, it's a tough one to pronounce, but uh, he's from Iowa State and uh, did a ton of kick returning there, like almost 100 career kickoff returns in college um, with, with a good average last year, particularly. And then uh, Smith Marset from Iowa, also um, a lot of experience doing that. Both really fast guys who can, who can make people miss in the open field. So those are. Those two rookies, I would expect, uh, would be the top candidates there just because Abdullah and Osborne did not get it done last year. Yeah. Well, that that is a, is a kind of nice segue to my next topic is just about D.D. Mm-hmm. Westbrook. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know Ryan, he's a big Oklahoma Sooner stan. So any time that we can get an Oklahoma Sooner player in here, he's going to just lose his mind. But I just want an unobjective or an objective uh, take from you, Will. What do you think of D.D. Westbrook signing? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think they needed to bring in a guy like that. Uh, I mean, I've, I've talked about some of the other options they have for at the number three receiver, but they needed kind of a proven guy uh, who can give the offense a, another playmaker. And I think Westbrook is is a, a, good, uh, a good answer for, for that need. Um, he had couple good seasons uh, in Jacksonville in 2018, 2019. Obviously, it was just a stud at Oklahoma. He won the, the Boletnikoff when he was catching passes from Baker Mayfield. So, like, 4-3 speed, um, which really can create a lot of problems. Um, solid route runner, good hands. I mean, I, it's not going to revolutionize their offense or anything. It's still going to be run through um, Cook and Jefferson and Thielen and the tight ends a lot, but – I think he's a guy who can add in just another element, a speed element, and uh, has a ton of experience playing out of the slot. Yeah, there's always a risk that it'll turn out like like Tajay Sharp last year, but I, I look at this, it's more likely to be uh, successful and maybe catch some touchdowns uh, like, like Aldrich Robinson, a free agent they had, did uh, a few years back versus Tajay Sharp finishing the year with zero catches last year. So I, I, think, I think it's a good pick. I mean, they got him on like a veteran minimum deal. Uh, it's like one year, a little bit over a million. So um, you throw in what he can do as a punt return. I think it was a no brainer for that. Ryan, I'll let you have your, your two minutes here to speak about DD Westbrook to the public. I mean, I've been speaking about DD Westbrook for, I don't know, it's probably since February or something like that. Um, you know, I, I was just a big fan of trying to bring him in uh, in terms, you know, he's, been playing at a pretty decent level i would say at jacksonville um it's tough to fully um, gauge how great he could have been given the fact that his quarterbacks for the most part have been blake bortles i think he had a little bit of time with gardner Minshew and nick Foles. like 
not very talented guys. So, um, and and then again, and again, they, Jacksonville did have a pretty decent wide receiver core. I mean, they had DJ Chark, DD Westbrook, Marquise Lee, who you know in his heyday was a, a very talented receiver before all those injuries piled up, um, and and Keelan Cole, who just got a pretty sizable contract with the Jets. I, th- I think the Jets, yeah. Um, so you know he had a lot of competition there, and yet he still put up uh, I think two six hundred yard seasons, sixty catch campaigns, and um, and was a heck of a punt returner. And that was kind of my main point of trying to bring him in was his punt return ability is something we lacked. You know, <laughs> we we had such a huge gap there, and uh, to bring in somebody who I think can play wide receiver three could play wide receiver two in a pinch and can provide punt return ability. That's just a win-win-win, I think, for us. And and then the relationship with Keenan McCardell was very big. I think that's probably what won us the opportunity to sign him, uh, which is great. And, of course, yeah, if we can now just get Baker Mayfield here, then he can be like an all you – know, he'll be an all-pro – um, if, if we, he can get his boy here to throw him the ball, but, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm really excited about the signing. I was really excited. I, I think in our climbing the pocket group chat, I sent like six gifts of dancing and, and, and celebrating. So I, I was really excited about the signing and, um, hopefully there's a couple more interesting, um, opportunities out there where we can go and, and utilize the rest of that cap space, uh, positively. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's yeah, a, there's I think, a, um, with, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. You're going to keep going off this one. All so. right. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I think even if D.D. Westbrook doesn't do much at all as a receiver, like he's still worth it as the punt returner alone. Um, just for a, a like million dollar veteran minimum signing. And with that said, I think he will do uh, more than nothing as a receiver. I think he'll be that number three guy. Um, even if he has like 400 yards or something like like. 30, 40 catches, like that's still uh, going to bring value. And then with what he can do as a power turner. So. Yeah. And to your point, Ryan, as well, you know, he's played in the NFL before, you know, if we need him in a pinch, let's say Thielen goes down, let's say Jefferson goes down. I have confidence in Westbrook starting a game or two, maybe even longer if need be, but uh, I'm not so like nervous as I was a year ago with thinking that we'd have to go out there with, you know, BC Johnson and, and Chad BB, they're fine for coming in for the end of a game maybe, but I don't want to, to depend on them uh, moving forward. Uh, we do have a question in the chat. Uh, who is taking second reps at quarterback today? Did they have that distinction yes. today? Yeah, I think it was, um, it, it was, it was either Browning or Mond. It wasn't Nate Stanley. I'll tell you that. Um, I think Browning is still working ahead of Mond to some extent, um, which was the case definitely in, in OTAs and minicamp. Um, you know, I, I don't actually remember the exact order. I, th- I think it was Browning coming in second, um, but they'll both mix in there. I, I think um, that's a competition for that, for that backup job where Mond is the guy with more tools and, and more talent, frankly. Um, but Browning's, in his third year knows what's yep. going to be asked of him knows how to make uh, the calls and, and shuffle protections and change plays at the line, things like that. If he, if he needs to, um, whereas Mond is still kind of learning how to play the position in the NFL and, and learning the Vikings offense and, and things like that. So um, 
that one could could be a battle throughout training camp. But I think if Mon plays well, uh, he's going to end up being the backup. Yeah, kind of like your point earlier, where Zimmer just doesn't hand out you know first team reps or sometimes even second team reps to to rookies. He wants them to earn it, so that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and even if you're of, even if you're a more talented guy, like you want to have the guy out there who knows what to yeah. do. Like, I mean, Jefferson last year. Yeah, like, uh, well, that yeah, that that one looks kind of bad now. But um, <laughs> you, in general, you want to have the guy out there who's been in been in the system and isn't gonna like blow the play call or the protection if he's an offensive lineman or whatever because because that then ruins the rep for everybody else so exactly. i think that's part that's that's part of the philosophy there yeah that makes sense um kind of bringing it home here uh i had a couple questions out there for you guys but uh i want to touch on mr mankato before we get to that um mm-hmm. dave i don't i don't know if you have a a screenshot if you pulled one up for us or not but um, Mr. Mankato was announced today by score North. Um, and I, I just ca- kind of want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Do you have any, any favorites that you're, you're kind of hoping wins? So I, I, I was looking at, and I believe it was, um, all young players who had to be like a third round pick or later. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to bring me, it up here. Yeah. Let me pull up this list. But I, there are there are certain like qualifications. Yeah, so third round picks or later, young guys. They had they they put their little odds here. Um, yep. With Kellen Mond being the favorite, a um, couple linebackers after that, um, a lot of different guys on here. Uh, if I had to kind of choose a guy who I'm looking at. I think maybe Amir Smith-Marset. Um, they give him 16 to 1 odds here. But um, just as a receiver, I, I think that's one of the positions where it's easy to stand out in, in training camp and just in practices in general because you're doing the 7-on-7 reps and you're doing the um, – yeah, there it is. You're Perfect. doing the 11-on-11 reps and um, all kinds of things like that where you're getting a chance to go against the DB and – if the ball's thrown to you, you're either going to make a catch or it's going to get broken up or fall incomplete or whatever. So there's a lot of opportunities to stand out where there maybe aren't for like linebackers or offensive defensive linemen, whatever the case may be, especially with no pads. Um, so he, I mean, he made the biggest catch of the day. I think if he makes a bunch of highlight catches like that and just consistently gets open um, and then maybe if we see some, some kick return reps eventually, I think he's a guy who could be in that conversation for sure. Ryan, any thoughts on, on that list? Yeah. Um, you know, like, like Will said, it, it's going to be easier for guys who uh, work on, in a position that is a little flashier, right? So it, it's, I think it's tough for like an offensive lineman, even tight end, unless they're like purely a receiver receiving tight end, like a Blake uh, or Shane Zilstra. Um, but you know, the, the pick that I went with was Janarius Robinson, uh, 20 to one odds. So, I mean, if I throw down a hundred bucks, I can win, you know, quick two G's and, um, <laughs> I, I like the, I, I like the, just the physical tools, right? So he's going to be going up in camp against second team offensive linemen. Our first team offensive linemen is barely 
good. So our second team offensive linemen are probably not that great. So for him to be able to take advantage of that, use his physical tools, um, I saw him working on the side with um, Daniel Hunter today, doing just some just some work on get off and uh, you know pressure points as he's kind of leaning on that one hand uh, before before the snap. So um, if he can kind of take that tutelage of one of the best defensive linemen in the league and um, and, and keep growing and learning from the defensive line coaches as well as from uh, Daniel Hunter, I think that he could really turn out a, a good camp. And again, it's like Will said, it's all about flashing. So it's hard for him to do that in the padless practices, even though he kind of did today. Um, but once the pads come on and he can consistently hopefully get to the quarterback and then maybe in preseason get a couple sacks, I think he maybe could not only wrap up Mr. Mankata, but maybe the um, you know left defensive end, right defensive end, whichever side that Daniel Hunter's not on. So um, hopefully, you know, he was my favorite defensive lineman pick in the draft. I thought he should have been swapped with Patrick Jones just based on my um, analysis. And, and I was really high on him coming into the, into the draft. So I'm glad we got him and hopefully he can show me right. And, and, uh, and, and I'll perform his draft status. Well, Will took mine. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of pivoting here uh, at the last second, because I don't want to double up. I wish this person's odds, um, were a little worse from a betting standpoint, just so I would make more theoretically. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with Wyatt Davis. I think he's got, uh, I mean, Will kind of highlighted earlier in the show that, you know, he, he did do well out there today with the twos. Granted, it was with the twos. Um, but I think when you think about players that are going to have the most opportunity to kind of show what they can do, it's going to be that, that guard battle. It's going to be the defensive end battle. And then, Obviously, when you got wide receiver out there, it's hard not to notice them. They're skilled players. They get a lot of attention in general. Uh, but I think Wyatt Davis, uh, he he was uh, supposed to be a super high draft pick a year ago. I, I remember people saying he was going to be a first-round pick. Um, kind of fell to us. And so I think the sky is the limit for him. And I think w- within – a couple weeks to Will's point, uh, we could kind of see him running with the ones here and it may not be a flashy Mr. Mankato, but, uh, I don't need flashy at guard. I just need good. So I'll take that. Uh, yeah, I like both of those. Why Davis in particular? I mean, he Vikings fans are so starved for just competent guard play that if he comes out (laughs) uh, and is winning his pass, his pass protection reps, uh, and is able to earn that starting spot and and just has a good camp. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And then Robinson, I, I think that's a good pick as well. He looked good out there today. Well, uh, I got two more questions for you, and then we can we can call it a night here. But uh, I want to ask, you know, what your biggest concerns are heading into this season at at, at the current moment, and then uh, what you're most confident about. So, Ryan, I'll start with you. And then we'll we'll transition to Will here. So my biggest concern is that is that yeah. what we're starting with? Concern and what you're most uh, confident. You can take them in one. Sure. Uh, concern. I mean, again, until it's proven, you know, that offensive line is still going to always be a concern. Uh, in an ideal world, we're likely starting two um, rookies on um, at left tackle and Darisaw. Hopefully, can get healthy, um, and then right guard at, with Wyatt Davis. Again, that's the hopeful starting five along with Cleveland, uh, Bradbury, and O'Neill. So, um, 
until they can prove that they can be a cohesive, consistent group that can consistently, you know, pass protect for Kirk Cousins and and be there, um, I, I'm always going to just have concern there. Uh, and again, I, I'm not as concerned as most fans are. I don't need you to all be all stars. I just need you to, you know, give Kirk five seconds instead of four, right? Like, or whatever it is, right? Um, so I want uh, to see that before I believe it. In terms of confidence, I'm just the defense as a whole, um, I know that's kind of a cop-out, but just it's going to be exciting to see just the the depth at receiver, as Will alluded to earlier. We were starting Chris Jones and Chris Boyd and, you know, just some garbage. I mean, I don't want to say garbage because these guys are working hard, but you know, just not, not as talented guys as you'd like to see in the, in the um, secondary there. Uh, and, and I, I'm excited to see Breland. I, I was a big Breland fa- fan when we signed him. Uh, Patrick Peterson's obviously exciting and in the further development of Cam Dantzler and, and who knows, maybe we'll have Jeff Gladney back. I, I, I will. I was going to ask you maybe if you had any other updates on that. I know uh, Brian Murphy got some slack on on uh, on Twitter because apparently he just showed up at his house and knocked on the door. Uh, but anyway, um, so excited to see the the progress of that uh, secondary. Excited to see the the progress on that defensive line uh, with you know Tomlinson, Pierce, um, uh, Richardson, obviously back with us, and then. Like I said, I'm big on Robinson. I think Robinson can come in and hopefully, you know, if he doesn't make a you know the starting you know four, I hope he can at least come in as a rotation guy and make some splash plays, even more so than Wanham did. Because Wanham, even though he did make some splash plays last year, he was not good in the plays that he wasn't splashing. So um, I want to see more consistency out of you know Robinson and, and hopefully make some big time sacks and and uh, or tackles for losses. So. Um, I, yeah, so I'm excited for the defense as a whole to just get better. Uh, still concerned about that offensive line. Yeah, so I'll, first I'll just say there's, there's no updates on Gladney. He wasn't there. Um, I believe he has a grand jury date tomorrow uh, in Dallas. Yep. Uh, and the uh, Rick Spielman just said that they couldn't really comment on anything until that legal situation plays out. But, um, yeah, I would be surprised if he was with – the Vikings soon, but I, I guess you never know. I, we'll wait to see how that plays out. Uh, you, so you took the the offensive line, which is always going to be a concern until <laughs> they until they prove it. So I, I'll go with the, on the other side of the ball uh, and go with just the pass rush, um, which it, it's not going to be as bad as it was last year because that would be very hard to do. Um, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe led them in sacks, and he played like six games. Um, and it was like Afadio, Afadio Denebo was like the only other competent pass rusher they had. So it's going to be better. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be better in part because you get Daniel Hunter back, who's just an all pro and and one of the best edge rushers in the league when he's, when he's playing at his highest level. Um, and then bringing in Sheldon Richardson was good too, but outside of those two, you don't have anybody else who is a proven pass rusher in the NFL. Like there are some intriguing young guys, um, but Steven Weatherly didn't really do much for the Panthers last year in his, his shot to be a starter. Um, DJ Wanham, like Ryan said, uh, still has a long way to go. I know some people are kind of talking themselves into him and and he could have a good year this year, but he's still got a lot of work to do just like those, those rookies do. So, and then, and then the two defensive tackles they have, Tomlinson and Pierce are both run stuffing guys, not guys who are 
going to get after the quarterback too much. So they got to find somebody else outside of Hunter and Richardson who's able to get after the quarterback because you can't just have two guys, especially when Richardson's not even in there on some early downs. Um, so that that's going to be a concern for me is how, how did they fix do enough to fix the pass rush? Are they going to be able to get after quarterbacks? Because if they can't, then that puts your secondary in a tough position of, of having to cover for a long time. So um, that would be my concern outside of the offensive line. And then the thing I'm most kind of confident in, uh, in being successful for the Vikings is just their skill position weapons. Um, I just think Justin Jefferson uh, showed how talented he was last year and everything he's capable of. Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen and is still going to play at a high level. Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the league. They got the tight ends. They got D.D. Westbrook. So um, it's on the offensive line and it's on Kirk Cousins to be more consistent and not have any like games like the Falcons game last year. But um, I think there's there's really no reason to be concerned about the weapons that he has. Yeah, I completely agree. And and even if one goes down, I think there's finally some depth behind there as well um, at all the positions, the skill positions. So, yeah. I, I do have a quick comment regarding um, the offense. So, you know, I I know we put up, what was it, like a top six offense last year. I do somewhat worry that there's going to be a regression there, not, not more so because of the talent got worse or not. Um, I just think that, you know, we're put into a, we, we were put into positions last year where we could put up some good offensive numbers because our defense wasn't playing so well. And we were forced to, you know, either come from behind or play with the lead, but we had to like keep scoring because of the fact that our defense wasn't playing very well. So I do worry that like, you know, just from an overall offensive, you know, points perspective, yards per game perspective, um, passing yards perspective, we may see a regression there. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, if, if, if we go from the sixth offense to the 10th offense, let's just say, for example, but we're winning more games because our defense is better, that's a win, right? Like, um, and it was kind of, I think the Chargers, one of the Chargers guys dumped, uh, dunked on themselves because they were basically saying Kirk Cousins' only, you know, best year was when he played, you know, through the least amount, had the least amount of, you know, touchdowns and um, yards and whatnot in his career. And it's like, yeah, because we were winning games, we could run the ball to end the game. Like we weren't, we weren't having to, you know, come back from 14 points like he has had to do in most of his career. So I, I'm hoping we see a small regression in that sense. Now, obviously, if we need them to score, let's score. But um, I, I do worry that we're going to have a small regression on offense a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's okay. I think a regression back on offense a little bit is fine as long as the the upward trend of defense improves, right? I mean, that's that's the big thing this year. We can't be letting teams score as much as they did against us and just walk down the field. So um, any final thoughts from either of you? Ryan kind of just gave his, but uh, Will, do you have any final thoughts here or um, what you're working on maybe? I know this is probably one of your busiest times of year. So uh, yeah, just give us some final thoughts here as we close it out. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot. Um, don't know if I have too much more right now, but yeah, I'll just say it's 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 a fun time of year. Um, Going to be doing recaps of training camp every day, um, so you can find that at si.com slash NFL slash Vikings or uh, on my Twitter at Will Raggetts. And um, 
yeah, it's going to be fun. Training camp. Um, they've got night practice coming up on Saturday. Um, I believe a scrimmage at U.S. Bank the weekend after that. Some joint practices with the Broncos, and then and then you get into the preseason, and and then 17 games of of regular season football. So uh, yeah, it's a fun time of year. The last couple months. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't really anything to talk about or too, or too much to talk about <laughs> at all um, with, with the with the NFL and with the Vikings. So it's fun to be back. Yeah, I am. I am excited. Uh, it's finally <laughs> flips coming in here at the end to try and rile us up. Flip will take that offline. Uh, I am excited as well. Right now is is for every fan base is just eternal optimism. Right, everybody's zero and zero. Yep. The cliche. Everybody's got a shot, so um, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, unless, thank unless you both. you're the Lions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but who knows? You know, maybe they just – Dan Campbell, you know, he's going to come biting people's knees off, so you got to gotta watch out yeah. for that. <laughs> well, thank you both yeah, well, for hopping on tonight. Um, thanks for I having really, me. This was fun. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure you'll be on again. Will, you're always welcome here. Uh, I know you're busy and you'll only get, continue to get busier, but, uh, I know you're in the cities and, and so are we. So if, if you have some time, we should, uh, actually catch a happy hour, uh, and get yeah, a beer be around fun. here. So be fun. Uh, let's, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. With that being said, everybody, thank you in the chat. Thank you for everyone that's listening. Cheers. Uh, the beginning of Vikings happy hour starts tonight. We'll be here every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, through the rest of the season. So, cheers, everybody. Skull. Thank you, Will, for showing up. Ryan, Matt, what a great show. And look forward to tomorrow night when we have Viking Hot Takes with the great Flip Mozzie and Eric Thompson of Daily Norseman. Will, you continue to do great work out at Egan from our hearts. To you, you, thank you so much. And everybody else, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!